Welcome to Behind the Music, brought to you by the Wichita Falls Symphony Orchestra. Join us as we go behind the scenes with our talented musicians and guests to speak candidly about their musical journey and reveal interesting snippets about upcoming concerts. And now, here's your host, the Wichita Falls Symphony Orchestra music director and conductor, Fuad Fakuri. Welcome to this episode of Behind the Music. I'm your host, Fuad Fakuri. We are here today to talk about our upcoming concert with our guest artist, Sharon Isbin, who we will be performing with us on November 5th at Aiken Auditorium. Sharon Isbin is a multiple Grammy Award winner and was named the 2020 Musical America Worldwide Instrumentalist. She is acclaimed for her extraordinary lyricism, technique, and versatility. And we are extremely happy to have her here with us in Wichita Falls. Sharon, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's going to be a pleasure to be back with you. It's great. Um, so we'll just get in, right into it. Uh, can you briefly tell us um, a little bit about your biographical background and how exactly you began uh, playing guitar? I'm a bit of an accidental guitarist in that when I was nine years old, our family moved from Minneapolis, where I was born, to Italy for a year. My father, being a scientist, was invited to do consulting work there. And my older brother said, hey, I'd like to have some guitar lessons. So my parents got very excited when they discovered that a concert guitarist who had studied with Segovia was commuting twice a week to Varese, where we were living from Milano, and brought my brother for the interview. And he said, classical. No way. I want to be the next Elvis. So I volunteered to take his place because it seemed like too good an opportunity to miss. That's, that's terrific. So you've, you know, following up on that, you've obviously studied with some tremendous teachers throughout your career, whether it's, you know, through master classes or really studying with them. Who were some of those greatest teachers and influenced you in both your performance career as well as your teaching career? I was very lucky to meet Oscar Gilia when I was a teenager. He was actually a colleague of the person that I had started with in Italy. And Oscar had created the guitar department at the Aspen Music Festival. So I worked for five summers with him there. I now have been heading the Aspen Music Festival guitar department since 1993. A beautiful, beautiful place to go in the summer. And other than Oscar and various other teachers, that I would have occasional lessons with, like Segovia. I was fortunate for 10 years to study with the great box scholar and keyboard artist, Rosalind Turek, who didn't play the guitar. And I don't play the keyboard anymore. So what we did was we worked on Baroque performance practice and the music of Bach and edited all the Bach lute suites, which we published with Shermer, in which I recorded. And that was mm -hmm. just an extraordinary journey. And I feel very, very grateful to have had that opportunity. Yeah. So, and for, for the performance with the Wichita Falls Symphony Orchestra, obviously you will be performing the Vivaldi Guitar Concerto and the Rodrigo uh, Concerto that I'm with. You have performed and premiered a wide variety of styles. So, you know, I mean, I have your CDs. So I've, you know, I've heard your premieres and... Uh, I, I, you know, for instance, I love the Rouse, the Gaudi Concerto. I've heard, I'm friends with Chris Brubeck and, and I've heard Affinity. So um, both of these works that you will be performing with us, you've performed obviously numerous times. 
Uh, how do you approach a new performance of works that you have done before in order to ensure that they stay fresh and spontaneous? Well, since every day is a new beginning, as is every concert, I approach it as if it's the first and last time that I'll be doing it. And that really gives it a sense of spontaneity and freshness. You'll hear in the Vivaldi, for example, the slow movement. I do my own embellishment, which is in a Baroque style, and it offers the performer an opportunity to create their own voice. And you'll hear the elaboration in the repeats, in particular, of the slow movement movements that uh, will give it an extra spice and character that, in the case of this particular Vivaldi, is very, very beautiful uh, as a work that has really entered the hearts and souls of many listeners, as does the Rodrigo. When Rodrigo was composing the piece, he and his wife experienced the miscarriage of their child, and his wife became very ill. Rodrigo would visit her every day at the hospital and come back unable to sleep and would console himself by playing at the keyboard the beautiful theme he had composed for the slow movement of the Concierto de Aranjuez. And that somehow imbued in the orchestration and the final version of the work this sense of pathos, of yearning, of longing. Fortunately, she recovered and they went on to have many years together. I was fortunate to meet them several times uh, in their home in Madrid, play the Concierto de Aranjuez for him and get coaching with him directly on it. So it was something that has a very personal feel to me and I will always associate my connection with the composer when I play this piece. Yeah, and, and you know, that's interesting. That leads me to sort of my follow-up question to that. Um, so talking a little bit about commissioning, one of the things that I've always admired, and, you know, for our listeners, I've, we've never worked together, but one thing that I've really, really always admired about you is your um, sort of mission to commission new pieces for guitar. And, and for me, that's a terrific um, sort of, what sort of wonderful example of a musician that's interested in the instrument as they perform it, but also interested in the future of the instrument. Now, given the guitar, obviously you talked a little bit about your early studies about Baroque music, etc. You know, the guitar obviously was lute at the time and then in, turned into guitar, but, you know, it was big during the Renaissance and Baroque. And then you have a few hundred years in the classical and romantic period where you have all these concerti written for piano, for violin, for cello, and not much for uh, guitar and large ensembles. But then you, you know, 20th century comes in and, you know, you see the guitar picking back up again and composers writing for it. And then you take it even a step forward, which I, I find beyond admirable and, and uh, you know, wonderful that you sort of promote the works, new works, and commission new works. Can you speak a little bit about how the process of commissioning new pieces works with you and your passion of asking composers to write pieces specifically for you to premiere? Well, thank you so much for expressing that so eloquently, both the history and the vision for the future. And that is something, of course, that is very important to me. I began commissioning at a rather young age. I was 17 years old, and I heard a composer who had come to visit in Minneapolis play music that he had composed for harp. And I thought, wow, this is perfect. Somebody who can write 
an instrument that is a relative in a certain way of the guitar. And I said to him, would you be interested in writing a guitar concerto? And he looked at me and he said, guitar concerto? Are you kidding? What a silly instrument. No way. So that evening, I happened to be invited to a party where he was. And I said, you know, I bet if I played for you for an hour, you would have a different feeling about the instrument. And he said, well, I'll be in New York in six months. If we meet up there, maybe maybe something can happen. So that, that's exactly what took place. I, I was in college at that time at Yale University. I made an appointment to meet with him at his publisher's home. Played for him. His name was Ami Mayani from Israel. Mm-hmm. And he said, when I finished, he said, you know, I think, I think I can write something for you. So a year later, I received the piece. I premiered it with the Minnesota Orchestra and, and then toured it in Israel. And I thought, wow, this is a great example of perseverance because I really believed in the composer and what I was feeling in terms of his voice and my instrument. And I learned that when the answer comes back, no, just try harder, because in this particular case, I learned the joy, the challenge of commissioning a composer, and that really would fuel me for for the future. Uh, I've been so lucky to work with people like John Coriano. In his case, I met him at a party. I guess parties are important, right? Uh, in New York City, this was this was a New Year's party at Caruso's old apartment. Mm-hmm. And what was very odd is that I ran into him two weeks later in a very long line at the post office. So what do you say to a composer when you're standing in line? You say, hey, would you write me a concerto? And he said, what an interesting idea. Here's my phone number. Why don't you call me? We'll talk about this. So I did. And he said, that's, that's a great idea. I'm a really kind of busy right now. Call me in a year. He was actually working on his Ghost of Versailles opera for the Metropolitan Opera. Yeah. So I called him in a year and he said, it's, it's an interesting idea, but I'm really busy. Call me next year. Believe it or not, this went on for eight years. But I'm a patient person. So finally, I asked his publisher after the eighth year of calling him and going through this ritual and said, how do I get this guy to write for me? And she said, well, he likes concepts. And she gave me a list of things to listen to. So I proposed, I had a dream overnight. The next day I said, I, I wrote to him and I said, what about a concerto that uses themes from the French troubadours, the beautiful romantic period of the 13th century in Provençal? No one's ever done that for guitar before. And believe it or not, he called me as soon as he got my letter and he said, what a wonderful idea. It's not Spanish. It's different. Let's do it. So I organized a commission, a consortium of a, a number of different orchestras. I premiered it with the St. Paul Chamber Orchestra, did it in Lincoln Center in New York, and several others, and eventually ended up recording it. And But the story didn't end right there. Uh, John was rather terrified of the guitar, and by the time we were uh, a couple of months out from the world premiere, he hadn't written a note. So I, I was fortunately saved when a composer from... Canada called him and said, hey, I'm working on an opera. Would you help me with this? And it turned out the guy played the guitar and I was gone for the summer. So John said, if you move into my guest house and are at my beck and call as I write this piece, because I know nothing about the guitar, I'd actually given him recordings to listen to uh, 
a model of the, the neck that he could put his fingers on that showed all the notes. I even lent him a guitar, which he threw into the closet because it scared him. Um, he, he wrote the piece, and by the time I got it, a month before the premiere, I didn't have to change a note. So every experience is different, and uh, I've gone on to enjoy, as you mentioned, Chris Rouse collaborations, uh, Aaron Kernis, Joe Schwantner, who's just written me a piece for guitar and string quartet, uh, to follow up on his wonderful concerto, Lucas Foss, and uh, many others. So uh, I find that it is, and of course, Chris Brubeck is the newest one, uh, right. son of Dave Brubeck. All, all of this uh, is, is challenging as a performer because you don't know what you're going to get and you have to often edit things. But for me, it is a way of being part of the flow of music through our time. Yeah. I'm sure you didn't have any issues with Schwantner writing guitar concerto, right? Isn't that that's his instrument, I think, right? That's, that's right, and yeah. because he used to play the guitar. So, for yeah. in the case of Schwantner, I really didn't have to change any note. He, he made me write the cadenza, but other than that, <laughs> it was it was a, a lot easier sailing. And also with Pan Dunn, he really did his homework, and uh, I had to change very very little. So. And even Chris Rouse, um, I did. I, he was faxing me in those days. That's what we used yeah. uh, a page a day as he wrote, and I was able to give him guidance along the way. So every experience has been different. That's that's terrific. So um, the the last time that you performed with the Wichita Falls Symphony Orchestra was, I believe, two thousand seven. Um, and I think I'm not sure, but I'm almost positive you performed at our large hall. Memorial yep. Auditorium, which is um, very large. So for this concert, when when we were planning this season, we we are performing. We perform once during the season at this small venue at the university. It's called Aiken, and it's a it's an intimate. It's a beautiful, acoustically great, great sounding uh, venue, but it's it's a smaller venue than the two thousand three thousand seat uh, memorial. So we'll have about four or five hundred people s- seats in that space. So I thought. The guitar will sound great there, and will be you know you'll be it'll be able to project for our audiences to hear you. So, thinking about your first performance here, do you have any special memories of Wichita Falls at the time in two thousand seven? I just remember the orchestra sounded wonderful, and that it was a, a wonderful chance again to connect with your community. That's that's great. Um, I think you know this. Everyone is very, very excited here. I've talked to a lot of people, and uh, I am in Wichita Falls right now, uh, preparing for the concert here in October. So, you know, everyone I speak to is really, really excited about having you come to Wichita Falls in November, and we're really, really looking forward to uh, working with you and seeing you um, back in Wichita Falls with us again. Thank you so much, and I really look forward to meeting you and performing with you. I've heard great things about your work, and it's going to be a very happy. Introduction and reunion. Great, wonderful. Thank you very much. Join us on November 5th for an exceptional concert that will also feature Sharon performing the Vivaldi Concerto as well as Rodrigo's uh, Concerto with the Overture to Rossini's one-act opera Il Signor Cruschino, Jesse Montgomery's short explosive piece Starburst and Mendelssohn's Symphony No. 1 in C minor at the intimate venue of Aiken Auditorium. Tickets are available now by calling the WFSO office. Also, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you can get new episodes as soon as they are released. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Music, hosted by Fouad Fakouri of the Wichita Falls Symphony Orchestra. To check out more information about upcoming concerts and to purchase concert tickets, visit our website at www.wfso.org. That's wfso.org. If you have enjoyed the show, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time.